From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike De Niro. I hope everyone had a great weekend. It was a super stacked weekend with a lot of wrestling, and we're going to be talking all about it today. On this episode, we're going to be talking about last Friday's SmackDown Live, the last SmackDown in the Thunderdome, thank God. We're going to be talking about Sunday night's Ring of Honor pay-per-view, best in the world. And since it is Monday, we're going to be doing the fight for Monday night. Strap in your DeLorean seatbelts because we're going back in time to 1996. And we're talking about WCW's Uncensored 96, a pay-per-view that lives in infamy for being one of the weirdest main events in pay-per-view history. But before we get into all that, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for subscribing to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you for downloading, rating, reviewing all our fans from Mexico, Canada, the United States, India, Indonesia, Taiwan, Germany, Ireland, the UK, Brazil, Chile. Yo, we are global. Thank you so much for all the support. Love you guys. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at WrestlingDeloreanPod and on TikTok at WrestlingDeloreanPod. A lot of cool shit happening on Instagram and TikTok, so make sure you check us out there. So, without further ado, let's get into the Super Stack Show right now. Like I said, I hope everyone had a great weekend, a safe weekend, and a positive weekend. Let's get into this show. We got a lot to talk about. News and notes, as always, we start off the show with all the news and the happenings of the wrestling world, so let's get into that right now. First, Paul Heyman has been removed from the SmackDown post-show, Talking Smack. He's been removed permanently. Paul Heyman was a real gem of that show. I really liked Heyman and the way he brought a lot of realism to that show. It really reminded me of when Renee Young and Daniel Bryan would do it. I am not happy that Paul Heyman's not a part of it anymore. I wasn't an avid watcher, I gotta be honest, but I was, you know, watching all those clips, all those clips of him talking to Apollo Crews, the clips of him talking to Kevin Owens, that type of stuff was great TV, and I wish that they kept him on, because he brought a whole nother dimension to that show, and brought realism to a show that is so fake sometimes, that when you have that little bit of realism, it adds a lot, and Paul Heyman is notorious for that, so, I hate that Paul Heyman is not longer with the talking smack crew there that that's a little whack right also in the world of mlw they announced that there's going to well they hinted that there's going to be two separate shows fusion will continue to be their flagship show on bn sports but it is hinted that their azteca underground show which is their spinoff of lucha underground where they're going to have a bunch of you know Probably cinematic stuff with Dario Cueto and the casts of uh, Lucha Underground that they have on the MLW roster. That will be taking place on Vice TV. Which is really cool to have two separate shows that are, you know, separate from each other but still have some connection with each other. It's cool that the world of MLW is expanding and it is not only just expanding but it's expanding its audience by being on a channel like Vice TV. When MLW started on Vice TV, they were showing a lot of Fusion reruns or Fusion classic episodes. So that's changing because now their deal with Vice TV is to bring all new content, never before seen content, and stuff that you don't see on MLW Fusion. So that's going to be really awesome. In the world of Daniel Bryan, there is still no word on his status. There is still no word whether he's going or coming back to the WWE there is rumors out there that Dave Meltzer reported that there is a 
big, big surprise in the coming weeks for AEW. He says that it is bigger than Andrade. The only person I could think of is Daniel Bryan. There is a lot of rumors that Bryan Danielson may be all elite very, very soon. If that is the case, that will be phenomenal. Another future Hall of Famer, another world-class athlete, another recognizable superstar will be on the roster for AEW, which could only add more to that show. I mean, look how many recognizable faces you already have now. You add someone like Brian Danielson to that, you're not just adding a recognizable face, but you're adding one of the best wrestlers in the world, which is always a plus. So, if Brian Danielson does indeed come to AEW, I think that that's going to be a real paradigm-shifting moment and acquisition for AEW. Who would you like to see Daniel Bryan face on the AEW roster? I think Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega for the champion will be phenomenal. I think Daniel Bryan could elevate guys like Jungle Boy, Darby Allin, and Orange Cassidy. Daniel Bryan's capable of so much. He's so diverse. He's so versatile. He could have the best match on the show. He could bring story. He could bring psychology. He could bring fighting spirit as well as mixes of comedy in there. He could have the most heelish run or he could have the most over babyface run. He is so versatile. And I think having a guy like that on your roster would add so much to your roster. So if Daniel Bryan goes to AEW, I am so for it. Bring back the American Dragon Bryan Danielson. Braun Strowman, another free agent, he put out a tweet saying that he can't wait to get out of jail. He's talking about his 90-day non-compete clause. He's itching to get back in the ring. Who do you want to see Braun Strowman go against? Who do you want to see Braun Strowman sign to? If AEW picks up Braun Strowman, you have a huge heel monster on your hands. Or you have a heel baby, oh, heel baby, a huge baby face, another recognizable face, someone who's been in movies, somebody who's been in the main event of WrestleMania. So, you know, Braun Strowman is a top, top guy. He's been he's been considered a main event guy in WWE for years now. So, he would be definitely a huge acquisition for AEW. But a guy like Braun Strowman could do wonders in the Impact Wrestling. A guy like Braun Strowman could be, you know, really huge for a company like Ring of Honor to invest in. So, I really think that it's going to be interesting to see where Braun Strowman goes. But remember, Braun Strowman comes with a hefty price. You don't get a star like Braun Strowman without paying the big bucks. So, you're going to have to drop probably a mil if you want Braun Strowman on your roster. So, that's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Speaking of AEW, though, AEW sold out yet another show. All Out is sold out in Chicago at the Now Arena. Really good uh, news for AEW here. No matches have been announced for the pay-per-view September 5th, but the show is sold out. AEW also sold out night two of Fighter Fest without any uh, matches being announced. That is huge news. Huge sellouts for AEW. That is great. And last thing about AEW here. It is official that Brian Pillman Jr. is no longer with MLW. He is finally free of his MLW contract and is officially signed to AEW. So expect to see more Brian Pillman Jr. and the Varsity Blondes on your TVs every Wednesday night on TNT because he is officially all elite. Really good pickup for AEW. Brian Pillman Jr. has a lot of potential and I really think that he's going to be a star one day. He has all the makings to be as big as his father and even bigger than his father, in my opinion, because the guy has a good head on his shoulders. Not saying his father didn't, but his vices got the best of him, while Brian Pillman Jr. has, he's, you know, on the straight and narrow and has all the talent in the world. He could talk, he's believable, he has good size, he has a great look. So, Brian Pillman Jr. in AEW, I think that's a match made in heaven. You know what I mean? He's going to be a star there. It is now official when SmackDown returns to Madison Square Garden on September 10th in New York City. It will be a SmackDown Super Show. There will be Raw stars featured. I guess they are trying to really pack out the show and uh, sell out Madison Square Garden by having two rosters on that show. Also, ticket sales did slow down a bit when it was announced that you needed to be vaccinated to be at the show or attend the show. So, they're looking for ways to bring that number up and have a sellout. I don't blame them. I think that's going to be really awesome to have a Madison Square Garden show after all these, you know, months of just no crowd. You want to bring it back to the home base of WWE, and that is, without a doubt, Madison Square Garden. Last but not least, very unfortunate news came out on Friday that Bailey will be out for nine months. She was injured while training and is out of the women's title match against Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. 
Her announced her replacement was announced on SmackDown later that night, and we're going to be talking all about SmackDown when we come back from the commercial break. But I just want to wish Bailey a quick recovery. I am, you know, sad to see her go down like that. I was really starting to get behind her character, and I really wanted to see this match between her and Bianca Belair because I thought they had really good chemistry, and their match at Hell in a Cell was pretty good. So I wanted that rematch, and I, you know. Now I have to wait nine months, so selfishly I am really upset, but also my heart goes out to Bailey. Speedy recovery. I hope you feel better soon. You know, really sad to see you go down like that. SmackDown Live, the very last SmackDown from the Thunderdome. We're going to be talking all about that when we return from the break. Pretty good SmackDown. Some NXT call-ups, some NXT debuts, and a lot of news and notes coming out of this SmackDown that is in regards and brings a lot of implications to Money in the Bank next Sunday. So make sure you check out Money in the Bank on Peacock or the WWE Network if you're not in the United States. And we'll be right back and we'll talk all about SmackDown this past Friday night. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into SmackDown from last week. Like I said, it was the last SmackDown from the Thunderdome. So, next week's SmackDown will be officially back with live crowds, which it is long overdue. I think no company needed it more than the WWE because their product really became really hard to watch without a live crowd there. So, I'm glad that this crowd is going to be coming back next week. Like I said, last SmackDown of the Thunderdome, it had a lot of implications leading into the Money in the Bank pay per view. This upcoming Sunday. So we're going to be talking all about that right now. Let's get into this show. Pretty good show. We're going to talk all about it right now. So this episode of SmackDown started out with a recap of last week's show. Um, It showed that Edge attacked Jimmy Uso. So the show starts out with Jimmy Uso trying to go into um, Roman Reigns' locker room. But he is blocked by Paul Heyman. He says that don't worry tonight... Uh, Roman Reigns will give Jimmy Uso his full undivided attention. Show starts off with Roman Reigns coming to the ring with Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns says that there's a lot he didn't like about last week. He calls Edge a liar. He recalls destroying Edge at WrestleMania. This leads to Jimmy Uso coming out. Jimmy Uso said he did what he did last week for us. Not me, not you. I did it for the family. And then Roman Reigns said, who gave you decisions to make decisions for us? When I'm not here, you don't make decisions for us. You get my okay. I'm the tribal chief, motherfucker. He didn't say it like that, but basically in, you know, so many words, he, he said basically that. So this leads to Jey Uso coming out. Jey Uso comes out and he says that, you know, he's here not for himself, not for Roman Reigns. And he says, even though I would take a bullet and die for my brother, I'm not even here for you. I'm here for us. The family, 
We gots to stick together. I want to be tag team champions with you, bro. And I want Roman to continue holding that universal title. And I want to take over shit. So this leads to Roman Reigns saying, that's all I ever wanted. That's all we ever wanted. He says it's time to work together. Put the bullshit aside. No one could touch them if they do things the way Roman wants things done. Which they both agree to. And all three uh, Samoan dynasty members, they hug it out. And we have the family united. The tribe is united. All under the leadership of the tribal chief, the head of the table himself, Roman Reigns. Really, really awesome. Next, we got a Baron Corbin interview. He says that he needs to win tonight. You damn sure skip it, you do. Uh, you got um, Pat McAfee making fun of his hairline, which looked atrocious. It looked like his hairline was trying to run away from his face. His hairline said, come here, boy. And his head said, hell no. And he started, you know what I mean? It, was, it just looked bad. But we have a Money in the Bank qualifier match between Baron Corbin and guess what? It's against Shinsuke Nakamura for the 15,000th time of the last year. This is insane. The last couple weeks, we had Nakamura versus Corbin about 18 times, and it's so played out. You could not think of any other qualifying match you could do for Corbin or Nakamura. You had to put them in the ring again, even though they've been wrestling every single week. This is something I hate about the WWE. Every single week, you have a match from the week before. You have the biggest and most expansive roster in any, more than any other promotion. There's more than 170 freaking people that is at your disposal at all time. And you continue to rerun the same matches every single week. And I don't want to be here saying, oh... I don't want to hear this is, you know, because of the pandemic or this is because they're in the Thunderdome. They were doing this shit when they had crowds there too. They were doing this. They were notorious from rerunning the same matches a thousand times. I know what's different. So this time they're not fighting for the crown. This time they're fighting for the money in the bank qualifier. Next week they're going to be fighting for the guitar that the dude plays. I don't even know his name. Next week after that, they're going to be fighting for Nakamura's little wristbands or whatever. Like, this is stupid. This feud sucks. It's not elevating anybody. Nakamura is still a mid-carder when he deserves to be a main eventer. Baron Corbin, still a mid-carder. And dare I say, when he deserves to be a main eventer. Baron Corbin has everything it takes to be one of the top heels and is one of the top heels in the WWE. But he becomes bland, he becomes boring, and he becomes whack when you have him in the same matches every single week. And guess what? Nakamura wins again. He's qualified for the money in the bank. This stuff needs to stop. But, you know, as WWE does shit the same, they do something a little different. Because Natty and Tamina tonight, they have a mystery opponents for their, you know, it's not, it's a non-title match, but for their matchup, they have two mystery opponents. And surprise, surprise, direct from NXT coming down with the damn tank, Natty and Tamina Go against Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox from NXT, making their debut on the main roster here for SmackDown with new names now going by just Knox and Shotzi. Because you know Vince McMahon always has to add his touch and chop someone at the name there, right? But they come out and what a surprise! Shotzi and Tegan Knox, they defeated Natalia and Tamina. This was a great freaking matchup, and I am really, really excited to see where this goes. I think that we get a a rematch at Money in the Bank for the tag team titles, but yo, this is going to be awesome. Next, we see that Bailey's replacement is going to be announced tonight. So, figurehead Sonya Deville comes out and she announces that next week Bianca Belair will be facing Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Champion. And then it was announced that Liv Morgan will be in the Money in the Bank match. She said that Liv Morgan will be replacing Carmella in the Money in the Bank, to which former Riot member squad vowed to win and cash in on her rivals. If you didn't check out Liv Morgan's Instagram, she had a really emotional speech afterwards how, you know, she's doing this for her mother. No one ever thought she could do it. You know, when she becomes Money in the Bank, she's going to buy her mom a house. You know, real emotional shit. Really nice, really nice. But this is not it. It was also announced that making her debut to SmackDown very, very soon 
we're going to see the call-up of Tony Storm in SmackDown. So SmackDown is getting a lot of key players here, a lot of key women here. Tony Storm, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, all big names and all great wrestlers coming to SmackDown. In my opinion, spread the wealth because Raw needs a real amp on their women's division here. We get Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte every single freaking week. We have, you know, deranged Alexa Bliss and superhero Nikki Ash. Like, we need some of those, you know, if you want to bring women over, let's bring some to Raw so we can switch it up a little bit and have some fun over there too. Like, come on. You can't have the same bullshit every week on Raw. Anyway, Money in the Bank qualifier match. We have Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. This was a really good matchup. I was really hoping that Cesaro won because I, in my opinion, thought Cesaro was going to win the Money in the Bank this year. It seemed like they were building him up for it, but no, once again, Cesaro is back to, you know, being the jobber here. Seth Rollins wins the match. He is now qualified for Money in the Bank. He is going to be going forth while Cesaro stays back. Really a shame here. It is announced that next week, the four qualifiers for Money in the Bank, it will be Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Big E versus Seth Rollins in a four-way match next week. Show ends out with a Edge promo. He makes his way to the ring. He calls out Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns doesn't come out. Instead, uh, the Usos come out. Edge takes out the Usos. He has that uh, cross face with the bar that he does to... Um, to Jimmy, I mean Jey Uso, it is announced that next week is going to be Roman Reigns and the Usos versus Edge, Dominic, and Rey Mysterio. Former tag team champions there too with Rey and uh, Edge. But yo, they, think about how stacked SmackDown is going to be next week for the crowd. You're going to have a women's title match between Carmella and Bianca Belair. You're going to have a four-way between Nakamura, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Big E. And now you have a main event, a six-man main event between the Usos and Roman Reigns versus the Mysterios and Edge. SmackDown looks super stacked next week, and I'm so excited to talk about it. This was a good episode of SmackDown to end the the um, era of the Thunderdome. Next week, Raw's in the Thunderdome, but I believe it is a pre-taped show. And then after that, Raw goes live with the crowd there, just like SmackDown will be next week. So, yeah. SmackDown gets a good rating for me. I give it a 3.5 out of 5. Really fun show. End this Thunderdome era really well. A lot of implications for Money in the Bank. Liv Morgan's in the Money in the Bank now. Big uh, move-ups from NXT or move-overs from NXT. And a big show, stacked show announced for next week with the crowd there. So, really good episode of SmackDown. When we come back from this break, we're going to be doing something a little different. A show and a promotion that I don't talk enough about. And that's all going to change. I will be talking about Ring of Honor's Best in the World pay-per-view when we come back. Ring of Honor will be coming to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We'll be talking about the weekly episodes of ROH. Along with MLW and the NWA coming up very soon. So expect more content on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And it all starts next when we come back. When we talk about last night's Ring of Honor Best in the World pay-per-view. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We're about to get into something a little different. We're going to be talking about Ring of Honor's Best in the World pay-per-view last week. For those who don't know, Ring of Honor basically saved my fandom of professional wrestling. You know, I don't talk about it enough, but in 2007, when I started to fall out of wrestling a little bit, wasn't really interested in the Raw and SmackDown product, really wasn't interested in NWA TNA. Ring of Honor saved that when I watched the Man Up pay-per-view and saw the latter war between the Briscoes and Kevin Steen and El Generico. Been to many Ring of Honor shows, hundreds of Ring of Honor shows, and now I will be talking about Ring of Honor on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We're going to bring a little, you know, we're going to bring a little indie twist, even though they're not really independent anymore. We're going to bring a little, we're going to bring a little flavor to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Going forward, we'll be talking about Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor television show on Fight or on Honor Roll. Make sure you subscribe to Honor Roll, along with all the other promotions we talk about. We'll be talking more about MLW, NWA, and other promotions because... You guys want to hear it all, so we're going to give it all to you here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So let's talk about last night's Ring of Honor, Best in the World 2021. A little backstory. The very first show that I went to in Ring of Honor history was actually 10 years ago. Today. Ring of Honor's Best in the World 2011 was the very first show that I went to for Ring of Honor in the Hammerstein Ballroom. I went with LOG member King Huey. I went with my mom and my dad, and it was the epi- it was the show where Davy Richards defeated Eddie Edwards for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, and we had a new era begin in the Sinclair Broadcasting era as Davy Richards was the champion of Ring of Honor. Last night, ten years later, we have once again a new champion in Ring of Honor, another title change in Ring of Honor. So this was a great show. So without further ado. Let's talk about Ring of Honor's Best in the World 2021, 10 years later from my first Ring of Honor live show. Let's get into that right now. This show is really, really good. I'm starting it out by saying that. Really, really good. Super stacked show. This week in professional wrestling has been absolutely phenomenal. You had Road Rager from AEW. You had a great SmackDown from WWE. You had a wonderful NXT Great American Bash. And here you have Ring of Honor joining the conversation with Best in the World 2021 live from Baltimore. The fans were back. It didn't seem like they were full capacity. Maybe they had only 20% capacity there. A lot of empty seats, but nonetheless, the fans were back. And we started out real hot. PJ Black and Brian Johnson, they come out. Brian Johnson's berating the fans. And then he talks shit about the Briscoe family. This leads to PJ Black and Brian Johnson versus the Briscoe brothers. You know, shouts to the Briscoe brothers since day one they've been in Ring of Honor. And I've been a big fan of theirs for a long, long time. Got to talk to them personally a couple times. Really cool guys. This was a good brawl. And the Briscoe Brothers won this opening matchup. This was a, like I said, it was nothing more than just a brawl. Brian Johnson showed a lot of promise here. You know, I haven't watched too much Ring of Honor in a while, so there's a lot of new names for me that I'm watching here. And, you know, I, I started to really like Brian Johnson's one of those guys. Guy in uh, Jay Briscoe's face had a lot of testicular fortitude. But it wasn't enough because the Briscoe Brothers pick up the victory here when Jay hits the Jay Driller and Mark Briscoe hits the Froggy Boat which is a frog splash diving elbow. Next, we got EC3 versus Flip Gordon. This matchup was a little slow. It was a little methodical. The crowd started to kind of get out of it. They were a little quiet for some of this show. Oh, for this match, I mean. They weren't quiet for the show. Trust me. They get loud later on. But they were a little quiet for this matchup. A lot of slow, methodical stuff. Uh, Flip Gordon with a lot of holds and submissions on uh, EC3. 
But in the end, EC3 makes Flip Gordon tap out with the purpose chokehold. After the match, EC3 extends his hand to Flip Gordon, but Flip Gordon slaps him. EC3 extends his hand again. Flip Gordon slaps him again. He tries a third time, but this time Flip Gordon spits in his face. EC3 said he's here in Ring of Honor to see if Honor is real, but Flip Gordon proving that Honor is not. Next on the show, we have a six-man match between Shane Taylor Promotions. It is Moses, Quan, and Shane Taylor himself, the six-man tag team champions. They go against the team of Dalton Castle, Dax Draper, and Eli Isom. This was okay. Um, Shane Taylor Promotions pick up the victory. This was nothing special, but Shane Taylor Promotions actually looked strong in this matchup. It was all right. Next, we got Josh the Goods Woods versus Silas Young in a last-man-standing match. This was a pretty good matchup. Uh, Josh the Goods Woods defeated Silas Young when he did a German suplex through two tables on the outside. This, in my opinion, was the start of where the show really started to pick up some steam because this is like the tale of two shows. The first couple matches seemed like TV matches. They didn't seem too special. But from this point forward, every match on this show was an absolute banger. And when I say that, I mean go out of your fucking way to check out Ring of Honor's Best in the World pay-per-view just for the next couple matches from this match all the way to the main event, we're going to have some bangers, right? First, Quinn McKay interviews Matt Taven, who was attacked by Vincent on the pre-show, and it is announced that Matt Taven will face Vincent in a cage match on August 21st. Next, we got former Ring of Honor champion, the franchise, Jay Lethal. He goes against Brody King, the leader of Violence Unlimited. It's the leader of Violence Unlimited versus the leader of the Foundation. And this was insane. A few minutes in, this is already the best match on the uh, card so far. Brody King is just brutalizing Jay Lethal. Really strong style maneuvers here. Lots of chops, lots of strikes, lots of hard-hitting clubs. Yo, this was insane. In the end, Brody King picks up the victory over the two-time Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, Brody King, mark my word, will be champion very soon. This guy is a star. He looks like a star. He wrestles like a star. He sounds like a star. And he defeated the franchise of the company, Jay Lethal. Next, we got a pure championship matchup. If you don't know what the Ring of Honor pure championship is, it was a title from back in the day in Ring of Honor that got rejuvenized and brought back during the pandemic. It is a title with some rules. It is pure rules where there is a 60-minute time limit for each match and each wrestler has three rope breaks. If you use your three rope breaks during the match to break up a pin or break up a submission, you can no longer use a rope break to break up a pin or submission. Therefore, you could be pinned in the ropes or submitted while grabbing the rope and it won't count. So, that's the pure rules and it is a match between... The Prodigy, I don't know if he still goes by The Prodigy, but The Prodigy, Mike Bennett, he goes against Jonathan Gresham, the champion. And let me just say, Jonathan Gresham, the octopus, is one of the best wrestlers today. He's a real throwback. He reminds me a lot of Brian Danielson back in his Ring of Honor days as the American Dragon. He reminds me a lot of Nigel McGuinness. This is a real throwback to what made Ring of Honor Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was known for its pure athleticism and technical wrestling and hard-hitting action. And Jonathan Gresham is all that mixed up in one. This was an amazing match. Insane false finishes here. There was one insane one where Jonathan Gresham actually had one last rope break. And while Mike Bennett hit a huge powerbomb into a pile driver, he pins. Got the one, two, three. But Jonathan Gresham's foot was just under the rope, so it did not count. In the end here, Jonathan Gresham taps out Mike Bennett. What a freaking matchup. Back-to-back bangers here on the show. Gresham is one of the best wrestlers in the world, like I said. But Gresham's night is not done yet. We'll get to that in a little bit. We get another title match here. The Ring of Honor television champion. It is Dragon Lee representing LFI. And he is going against the TV champion representing Violence Unlimited, Tony Deppin. If you don't know who Tony Deppin is... His work in GCW, his work in the independents have been stuff of, you know, greatness. He's a guy who really took guys like Marco Stunt, 
Jungle Boy and Joey Janela to the next level with his wrestling in GCW. One of the best hard-hitting wrestlers right now going. And he's a part of Ring of Honor here. This was a hell of a striking war. Like, holy shit, this was just a sprint. There was, like, no resting in this from start to finish. It was just 100 miles per hour, which was really awesome because it changed up the pace on this show. This is just awesome. Dragon Lee picks up the victory, though, with the TV for the TV title. What a matchup. LFI standing over Tony Deppin, which leads Homicide and Chris Dickerson to make their way to protect Deppin, which leads to the foundation hitting the ring. And from there, we have our Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match, a fight without honor, which is Ring of Honor's version of the... Street fight. It is Homicide and Dickinson versus Red Titus and Jonathan Gresham. The reason why Jonathan Gresham is wrestling this matchup again was the uh, champion who was supposed to be in this matchup, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, was actually hit by a car. He was not. Uh, he's okay. He's not cleared to wrestle on this show. Jay Lethal was supposed to take that spot, but the beating that he received from. Brody King was just too much for Jay Lethal to come back out. So Jonathan Gresham is stepping up to the plate. And this was an amazing matchup as well. Hardcore brawl. If you don't know who Chris Dickinson is, check out his CZW stuff. And if you don't know who Homicide is, get off from under a rock. Homicide is a forefather of Ring of Honor. Homicide is one of the greatest wrestlers in Ring of Honor history. We have a guy who is known for his matches in Ring of Honor, TNA, and beyond. He's back here in ROH. And it's great to see him back. If you're unfamiliar with... Uh, Chris Dickinson, check out his CZW work. Really good stuff there. I'm really, I've been a fan of him from afar for a while, and I'm really happy to see him in Ring of Honor here. This was a hell of a matchup, like I said. Dickinson puts uh, Gresham in the STF as Homicide pulls out his trademark fork and threatens to stab him. You had one of the best technical matches by Jonathan Gresham, and then right after this, he's in a crazy-ass hardcore match, which is awesome to see the versatility for Jonathan Gresham here. Dickinson actually hit the Pazuzu bomb from the top rope through a table onto Rhett Titus. Homicide hits the cop killer onto Jonathan Jonathan Gresham. One, two, three. We have new tag team champions, Homicide and Chris Dickinson, representing Violence Unlimited. I just want to say, not just because of the violence part, but I would love to see a Violence Unlimited versus Violence by Design matchup. Think about that. Homicide, Dickinson, Brody King, and... Tony Deppin versus Eric Young, Cody Diener, Rhino, and Joe Doring. What? That would be insane. But that's, you know, fantasy book in there. Let's get back to the show. We got Maria Kanellis. She comes out. She announces the Women of Honor tournament for the Women of Honor ta- well, world champion. She announces that Lenny Leonard, former ROH alumni and legendary announcer from back in the dizzy. Let's just say when I first started watching Ring of Honor, Lenny Leonard was the voice of Ring of Honor. He's going to be returning to be commentating the women's uh, tournament here. She brings out a tournament member who was announced. We have the debut of Chelsea Green here, former TNA women's champion, former NXT superstar, wrestled a few matches on the main roster. Chelsea Green is in Ring of Honor, and that is a great pickup if you really want to solidify and have a good women's division. You need stars in there as well, and Chelsea Green is a star, so that's going to be awesome. Main event time, the first ever time that the Ring of Honor champion was decided in a matchup between two Mexican-born wrestlers. We have El Toro Blanco, Rush, versus El Bandido. This was a really good matchup. Fast start for Rush. He hits Bandito with the uh, double dropkick knees and stuff that he does. Whatever he calls it, it's just fucking insane. You got to check it out. Rush rips open Bandito's mask during this matchup. Insane sequences. Bendito hits a, uh, well, Rush hits a belly to belly onto two tables to the outside onto Bendito. Really insane spot. In the end, though, Bendito actually gets the sneak victory roll onto Rush. One, two, three. And we have a new Ring of Honor champion, and his name is Bendito. He is now the ROH champion. He's been built up by ROH for quite a while. Ever since he was signed to ROH, he's been a star. He defeats Rush. After this, LFI attacks. They attack Bandito. But Dragon Lee is kind of hesitant to join in. He then poses with LFI. But there may be some dissension between the members of LFI. But the show goes off the air with the laid out Bandito holding his new Ring of Honor world champion. This was a really good show. I give Ring of Honor Best in the World 2021. 
a strong four out of five stars. The first couple matches were a little slow, but really good though. But the last couple matches of this show from Jay Lethal and Brody King on was absolute bangers and was phenomenal. Everything from that match on was at least four stars in my opinion. So four out of five stars for Ring of Honor's Best in the World 2021. What an absolute crazy show. Go out of your way to check out the replay. Check it out on Fight TV. And if you don't already, make sure you download Ring of Honor's Honor Club app. Make sure you subscribe to Honor Club and watch the Ring of Honor television show. We're going to be talking all about it in the coming weeks. So that's our show for Ring of Honor. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast... I need everybody to strap in their DeLorean seatbelts. We're going back in time to 1996. We're going to be talking about WCW pay-per-view Uncensored 96, which is, of course, the pay-per-view with the Doomsday Cage, the alliance to end Hulkamania versus the Mega Powers. It is one of the most notorious matches in WCW history, and we're going to be talking all about it when we come back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast's Monday special as we go back in time to the Monday Night Wars and recap every single episode of Nitro and WWF Monday Night Raw. And we talk about every single pay-per-view like we're going to be talking about today. Today, it is pay-per-view day as we talk about WCW's Uncensored 1996. This was a show that lives in infamy as the Doomsday Cage Match where there was eight men to go against two and the two men prevailed. But besides that crazy-ass main event, there was a lot of great matches. So let's talk about it now. WCW Uncensored 1996. It starts out with Dusty Rhodes, Tony Schiavone, and Bobby the Brain Heenan welcoming us to the show. And we get instantly a United States Championship match. It is a match between two greats in Lucha Libre. Two of the best. It is Eddie Guerrero versus Conan. And this was a really good matchup that got lots of time. They really gave this, these two guys a platform to really show what they could do. It's been a while on Nitro since I got to see guys like Eddie Guerrero, and I've been talking about it every single week that I miss seeing guys like Eddie Guerrero here on WCW because they have been showing too much of these heavyweight guys that can't really go, and some of their really good wrestlers have been put to the back burner. So on this pay-per-view, we got a lot of good wrestling, which was a good fresh, a breath of fresh air. This matchup was really good, like I said, but ends in a little bit of controversy as Conan unintentionally low blows Eddie Guerrero and pins Eddie Guerrero after he does to retain the United States champion. Gene Oakland's 
In the back, he interviews uh, Colonel Robert Parker, who's going to be going against Medusa in an intergender matchup tonight. Next, we got a real hard-hitting matchup. If you want to talk about strong style, you don't have to go to Japan. You can look no further than this matchup here. Go out of your way to see this matchup. If you want to see wrestling that looks real and sometimes might really be real, you got to check out William Regal, a.k.a. Steven Regal, versus the Belfast Bruiser, a.k.a. Fit Finley. This was just insane. This ended in the DQ after the... After an amazing matchup, after the Blue Bloods attacked Finley. But forget that for a few moments. Let's talk about Finley and Regal here. They beat the living piss out of each other. Really punching each other in the face. Chopping each other. Clubbing each other in the chest. This was insane. It was a shame that it ended in the DQ. But the action in the ring was nuts. By the way, on commentary this night, Dusty Rhodes was babbling, and it was hilarious. Dusty Rhodes is so entertaining on commentary. I wish he was on commentary for every single show, because he is so entertaining. But definitely, this was one hell of a matchup. Go out of your way to see Regal versus Finley here from Uncensored 96. Gene Oakland is with the Giant. He interviews the Giant. The Giant says there's only room for one Giant in the WCW, and it is him. Tonight, he will be going against Loch Ness. We next get Colonel Parker versus Medusa. This was a, you know, a whack matchup. Parker picks up the win due to the interference of Dick Slater. Dirty Dick makes the interference here. We got a promo from the Road Warriors talking about their matchup tonight of Chicago Street Fight versus Sting and Booker T. We next get... DDP versus the Booty Man. This match was too long. I really wasn't a fan of this matchup. It wasn't really for DDP. More because I'm not a big fan of the Booty Man. Kimberly Lee. Kimberly Lee. Kimberly Page comes out and helps the Booty Man get the victory here. We got a promo from Lex Luger. He's in the uh, cage match tonight. Next, we got Loch Ness versus the Giant. This matchup was a quick nothing match. The Giant picks up the quick victory here against Loch Ness. This was a quick little brawl. The great wrestling, though, continues after, you know, if we skip the last couple matches, if we go straight from Regal and Finley right to this matchup, this matchup was a banger. We got the Road Warriors versus Sting and Booker T in the Chicago Street Fight. This was a very brutal match, very long match that got a lot of time. There was a point where Booker T was taking so much brutality that he walks to the back. This is after like the 15-minute mark in the match. Animal follows along. We see Lex Luger looking in the mirror. Lex Luger was originally supposed to be in this matchup. He was replaced by Booker T when he was put in the main event. Then Animal accidentally hits Luger, but he doesn't care because, you know, fuck Luger. That's what Animal wanted. He wanted Luger anyway. Booker T then attacks. We got an uh, attack from Stevie Ray. Booker T, Stevie Ray, Lex Luger, and Jimmy Hart all attack Animal and handcuff him to a bar or a pillar in the back as Stevie Ray, Booker T come out and they hit Hawk with the chair. Sting unbeknownst to this pins Hawk and we have Sting and Booker T with the victory. This will probably lead to a feud between Harlem Heat and the uh, Legion of Doom which would be really good. Really good matchup though. I gave this matchup a 4 out of 5 stars. This was the most fun matchup that I had watching this on the show. But we went from fun to absolute stupidity. Next, we got the Doomsday Cage match. The Alliance to end Hulkamania versus the Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. I love how Macho Man is just throwing here, right? You got the Alliance to end Hulkamania. But, fuck Macho Man. What the hell? Shouldn't this be the Alliance to end Hulkamania and Macho Man? Shouldn't this be the Alliance to end the Mega Powers? But, you know, WCW at this time was so far up Hogan's ass. Anyway, Doomsday Cage Match, a three-tier cage match that no one could see because it was in the entranceway. So if you were there live, good luck seeing this live. We have the Alliance to end Hulkamania, which is Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, Lex Luger, Ming, the Barbarian, Z Gangsta, a.k.a. Zeus, a.k.a. Tiny Lister, and the Ultimate Solution who, by the way, had to change his name from the final solution because it was an unsensitive, insensitive stupidity to name him that when it was the, you know, it was a reference to Nazi Germany. Good going, WCW. Anyway, they go against Hogan and Macho Man. Basically, this matchup was 
a big clusterfuck. Hogan and Macho Man started out in the top cage. They had to face off against Flair and Arn Anderson. They made quick work of Flair and Arn Anderson, which was stupidity. Then they got to go to the second tier cage where they had to wrestle the whole Dungeon of Doom, which was stupidity. And then in the end, they had to wrestle Z Gangsta and Ultimate Solution, which led to, you know, everyone coming down and attacking the Mega Powers, but the Mega Powers was able to stop eight men. <sighs> this match sucked. This match sucked ass. The Mega Powers won. I'm so sick and tired of the Mega Powers versus all these, you know, just let's just put a bunch of wrestlers together and have them go against Hogan, and Hogan always comes out on top. This is whack. The crowd was booing. They didn't care about this shit at all. They couldn't even see the shit. So why would they care about it? So this was really the tale of two shows because you had a pretty good mid-card and undercard. And then you had a really crappy main event. But WCW been having really crappy main events week in and week out on Nitro. I give this show a 2 out of 5 stars. It was really held up by Finley and Regal, Guerrero and Conan, and that Chicago Street fight. Everything else, you know, could piss off. I wasn't a fan at all of it. But yeah, that's it. So next week when we come back with the a fight for Monday night, we will be talking about Raw versus Nitro as we lead into WrestleMania 12. We'll be talking about WrestleMania 12 very soon on this show. I hope everyone has a great day. Make sure you check out Monday Night Raw tonight, the last Raw from the Thunderdome. Thank God. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to NXT, Wednesday for AEW Fighter Fest, Thursday for Impact on Access TV, and Friday for the first SmackDown with the live crowd there. In other words, make sure you tune in every single day to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast because we'll be bringing you all the news and action to come out of every single thing. And we'll be bringing you all the old school shit that you love. Of course, tomorrow we'll be talking about Asylum Years for TNA. On Thursday, we'll be talking about Making an Impact. And on Friday, we'll be bringing ECW Hardcore TV. We'll be talking all about the classic stuff that you love. We're going to be bringing independent stuff. Like I said, we'll be talking about MLW, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, NWA. This is your one-stop shop for everything professional wrestling. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. And make sure you download the episode and listen every day, Monday through Friday, to the newest episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Take care. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.